98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Arizona Sports Saturday. Okay, can I just take a moment? That was so well-timed, Trev, with the music. That was great. I guess I'm getting good at this thing, huh? <laughs> You're getting good at the live mixing thing. You should be a DJ or something. <laughs> Mitch Veraldis, Zach Larson here in for Steve Zinsmeister, Trevor Henry behind the glass. Sticking with the Cardinals, party over here, party over there, jumping around, excited about this season. Want to get inside what training camp has been like this past week, and we're going to do that with ArizonaSports.com's own Kevin Zimmerman joining us here on the 72 Sold Sports Line. Kev, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you guys? We're hanging in there. Fantastic. Exactly. So I just want to start with the base because you were there for really the biggest two days of training camp sound-wise this week. So what is your initial takeaways first from Kyler Murray speaking on Thursday? Yeah, I mean, I think just following him since his very first press conference, it it really read to me like he has matured. And regardless of what you think about his contract situation, that clause that started this whole thing, I think just him being assertive and walking into that press conference room, you know, we were waiting for some other guys and he just walks in. It's like, Oh, I don't think that's ever happened. And I haven't been on the Cardinals beat completely this whole time, but Mm -hmm. I don't think he's ever called his own press conference. So just to walk in there, be assertive and make good points. Like he wasn't, you know, attacking the media in the room necessarily. He was polite about it. He was Mm -hmm. making good points about, look, I'm flattered. If you think that I can do this without studying and he, he's right on that. So I think that was super interesting just that he's kind of understood now that if there's a bad narrative about you, you can control it. You can um, push back against it and stand up for yourself. And I think he did that pretty well. Kevin, it it seems like on Thursday when he had his press conference and he addressed it, calling disrespectful and and saying he, he wouldn't comment on if he was mad at the team for putting the clause in once they removed it later that night. Do you think that that relieved some of the tension between Kyler and the front office or do you think it's still going to exist heading into this week of training camp? You know, I, I don't really know. I think that removing it definitely, if there were any bad feelings, um, smooth things over, and uh, I'm sure they've had those internal conversations. But yeah, look, the, the negotiating process, I'm sure, brought up some of the reasons the, why that clause existed in the first place. I'm sure he knew it already. Um, and obviously, once you sign that contract, I think even then I would say they were probably in a good place. Obviously, I don't really know, but I think just everything that everyone said, they've moved on. Um, when you get a guy on that big of a contract, I think it's understood on both sides that this guy is the face of the franchise. And when you talk about who's most important um, in this franchise, do, do you say it's the franchise quarterback? And can he have control and, and, and push you know an owner and a GM to do things, whether that's you know remove things from his contract or sign guys, his friends? Like He's already kind of showed that power with the Hollywood Brown signing, that kind of thing. Right. So I think it is all kind Kind of encapsulated in that, and I think they have kind of moved on. Kevin Zimmerman with ArizonaSports.com joining us here on Arizona Sports Saturday. I think you you could argue this, but I think the biggest storyline for the Cardinals heading into training camp was what was going to be the status of Rodney Hudson. We knew last week that he was going to come back, and then he spoke yesterday. What was your biggest takeaway from what Rodney had to say about his offseason? 
Yeah, I mean, we didn't learn a whole lot, but basically if there were two bullet points on it, it was just he wanted to take time off, spend some time with his family, and then the other part was he did mention I wanted to get my body right, and we don't really know. Didn't go into details if that was the ribs injury that he had last season that took him out of a couple games or just general like how you're feeling when you're in your 30s and playing NFL football. It probably doesn't feel good for a few months. So those are the two big things that he said he was just kind of waiting to see and um, didn't go into a lot of detail about why that took so long, um, if there was any reason for that. But um, obviously, he's very aware that like once you commit, um, once you say, I'm coming back, you're in it for the season, and then he'll probably reevaluate this whole thing again next offseason. I mean, how uh, going with that, how much pressure do you think there would have been on the Cardinals to find a replacement if Rodney had decided to not play this season? Yeah, it's funny because training camp starts, and I think yesterday the whole news cycle NFL-wide was Ryan Jensen with the uh, Bucks was injured, and the center position is a huge one now, um, right. just how complicated defenses are, all that. So, like, look, the, the Cardinals would have been in a tough spot. I mean, Sean Harlow, you look at the, the analytics and you go look at the tape, and he wasn't terrible. I, I think he probably would have been up there as far as the number one option, and that's not the worst option, but also – um, when you have a guy who's widely considered the best at his position or among the top three or so, mm-hmm. um, that, that's a huge loss. And I think Rodney Hudson did have a, a huge effect on how Kyler was seeing things, helping him out, taking some responsibilities off him as he grows. So um, it, uh, you could tell Cliff was very much happy and, and a little worried when Rodney wasn't sure if he was coming back. All right, so looking now at training camp, the big question I think for a lot of fans going into the season is the middle linebacker position with Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins being so young if they can step up to the plate. And play calling obviously is kind of one of the keys for the Mike linebacker, but it sounds like Jalen Thompson is kind of taking the spearhead of it right now. Should fans be concerned about the fact that Zayvon hasn't had that chance yet to kind of step up as the play caller so far in training camp? I honestly think it's more of a matter of if you look at who's, whoever's calling it, um, are they good? Um, everyone said Jalen's really on top of things. He learned fast, obviously, how he came into this league as a supplemental draft pick. Um, he, he can carry a lot of weight, and I think it's good that Zavin doesn't have it, honestly. I think the key for him is just playing fast, knowing what to do, being confident, and not worrying about you know getting other guys lined up. And there's so much with that line, those both inside linebacker spots, honestly, and that's why I think Isaiah Simmons took a bit of time just to develop. Um, so I, I think that Zavin has a lot to prove as far as just is he going to be in the right spots himself. So I think taking that off of him is honestly the best thing right now. And until he proves that he can get his own job done, um, it'll probably be good to put it on someone else who's been around a little longer. Kevin Zimmerman with ArizonaSports.com joining us here on the 72 Sold Sports Line. I want to tandem off of that and ask about Isaiah Simmons because – Cliff was asked earlier in the week what position is he going to play, and he kind of gave a non-answer more so. If anything, he gave multiple answers. What do you think is the best course of action for Isaiah Simmons with the Cardinals? Yeah, I think it's go time for him, and and everything that everyone talked about him playing all over when he came out of Clemson, I think should happen. Um, we can say where he's working out for the first twenty minutes of practices, and it was with the safeties the two days I was out there this week, and okay. I believe that was 
was true to start um, on day one. So, yeah, he's going to be out in space more. But also, I think when you really look at it, it's how do you use him in confusing other teams, right? Like Chandler Jones isn't there. We talk about, you know, outside linebacker. But do you move him up and you say, hey, quarterback, decide whether Isaiah Simmons you think is going to pass rush, whether he's going to drop into coverage, or if he's just going to, you know, cover a flat spot, um, cover a running back or something. So I think using him as that tool to confuse and make people think and and take a couple seconds to react um, is going to be huge for this team. And Cliff even went out of his way kind of and said he stood out in camp the last, you know, it's a few days without full pads. But that's good news because I, I think he's the biggest part of this defense where when you compare what this defense looked like last year to this year, I think he's the one who's going to be able to tell you whether it's uh, a lot different or a little bit different. So then going off of that, I was going to ask my next question was, who do you think is more critical to the success of the Cardinals defense this year? Is it Isaiah Simmons or would it be Zayvon Collins? Yeah, I think it's Isaiah. I mean, I think Zavin is still learning. Um, he struggled last year even when he played sparingly. And I think Isaiah, um, even when he wasn't exactly right, you could see the flashes, right? You could see right. that speed. You could see the hits and all that stuff. So I'm fully thinking that Isaiah Simmons is big, a big key. I mean, I, I'm starting to wonder, you know, when you lose Chandler Jones and you don't replace him, I know he's not going to play outside linebacker, but is that a a scheme change where there's going to be a lot of different Isaiah Simmons looks that kind of makes up for the loss of uh, probably your best defensive player, and I shouldn't even say probably on that. Right, and okay, so last one then before we let you go. What is the biggest question about the Cardinals that you hope is answered before preseason game number one? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm curious how the receiver room is going to look just as far as who's playing a lot, who's getting a lot of snaps off the bat without D-Hop because, Mm -hmm. you know, Hollywood Brown is a a great, you know, vertical stretcher guy, but also he probably should fit better in the slot. So how do you replace um, D-Hop? Is it just going to be A.J. Green and Antoine Wesley, who, by the way, Antoine Wesley has had a good start to camp with catches and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. um, tough catches. But, yeah, I'm I'm curious how Hollywood Brown's going to look, and maybe that's just because he hasn't been out there yet. But um, we'll see how that goes. And I think that's just the biggest question, just of how they fell off last year after losing D Hop. Kevin, thanks so much. Thanks for all your insight, and hopefully we'll chat again soon as the Cardinal season goes along. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> no problem. Thanks, Kevin, Kevin Zimmerman with ArizonaSports.com joining us here on the Seventy Two Sold Sports Line. Get your price. At 72sold.com. Speaking of price, what kind of prices are the Diamondbacks asking for at the trade deadline? Are they buying or are they selling, though? That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. And here comes the pitch. He struck him out, chased the fastball up and away, and the ball game is over. The Diamondbacks leave him loaded, and the Braves take the series opener. Final score, Atlanta 5, Diamondbacks 2. 
Yeah, is the dream dead? Well, maybe it was never alive. Mitch Ferreldis, Zach Larson filling in for Steve Zinsmeister today, Trevor Henry behind the class. Got about 45 minutes left on this Arizona Sports Saturday, which is also the first day of open training camp for the Arizona Cardinals. It's their welcome back Saturday because with COVID last year, nobody was allowed to go. So it's a big deal. If you're not already going or heading out to State Farm Stadium, I believe the gates open for season ticket holders about 15 minutes ago, and then everybody else can enter at 1230. It's free. So if you're going to go, go. It's cool, awesome, a little experience. This show is actually going to be out there next Saturday for training camp. Really excited about that. But for today, if you plan on going, you can still find tickets online at the Cardinals website. So we just came back with the final call from last night. Diamondbacks lose to the Braves 5-2 in, I think this was like the not necessarily cold water on the face, but this was kind of the revelation game coming out of the All-Star break. Yeah, they faced the Washington Nationals, won two of three against them, and then swept the Giants, who have been kind of on a downward spiral as Mm -hmm. of late. So yeah, you run into a really good Atlanta team, and I I mean, it was just an unfortunate start for Madison Bumgarner because he was pitching all right. He, He gave up the solo home run to Austin Riley, but a Josh Rojas error in the bottom of, I think it was the third inning, it caused mayhem, and all three runs in that inning were because Rojas missed a throw on a potential double play that could have got Bumgarner out of the inning. Mm-hmm. Bumgarner wasn't getting calls from the home plate umpire that should have been strikes, and he was starting to get a little fired up about it. So it was a rough outing for him, and I think obviously the big question last night was why Jordan Luplo pinch hit for Alec Thomas. It was a lefty on righty matchup, which is favoring Luplo. He's Mm -hmm. got double-digit home runs. He's a power hitter, but as you heard on that final call, the final batter was... Jordan Luplo. Whereas if you would have had Alec Thomas Thomas, in a situation like that, maybe you feel better. With the bases loaded, yeah, you might have a potential grand slam or extra base hit that gets a couple of those runs in. So it was just an unfortunate game. And again, they stayed, the Diamondbacks stayed in the game for the most part, but it just, it was, it was a rough finish for them. Rough finish. Call that a revelation type game, as you mentioned, really hot out of the all-star break. Maybe hot enough to keep them from trading at the deadline? Uh, No, I don't think that's the case. I think this team still needs to sell if they want to be better in the long run. And then there's kind of a little wrinkle to how they might approach to the deadline. Derek Hall, the president and CEO of the team, was on with Bickley and Murata Thursday morning. And he emphasized if they're going to make a trade, it's going to be to help the team now, not later. Whatever moves we, we might possibly make here at the deadline, which is right around the corner on the second, it's it's going to be to, to improve this team, this major league roster. Uh, it's not about acquiring young prospects at this time. It's, it's really about making moves that are you know selling and buying at the same time i think as i mentioned mike and his staff have been really good at the last couple of years now the real question is is can they accomplish what they're setting out to do is there any reason to improve this major league roster right now that's my first question my second question is is do they have the assets to be able to pull off a buy and a sell at the same time 
I don't think you have a correct answer for either, or the answer is no for both. Yeah, I, I think it's so hard because your your potential trade assets right now, I think, are David Peralta. He's definitely on the verge of being gone. I, th- I think there's no doubt because you have Corbin Carroll at AAA right now who's just dominating, and he's probably going to get called up, and you're going to have a pretty young outfield. Then mm-hmm. you have Christian Walker who's whacking home runs, but right now there's not a lot of depth at first base for the Diamondbacks, so if they want to get rid of him, I, you're potentially looking at calling up Seth Beer. I think that's the thing. His comments about improving the team and not acquiring young prospects, I think that's just so impossible right now because right. you're relying so heavy on your farm, farm system right now with guys like Dalton Varsho, Josh Rojas, who are just coming up from AAA a couple years ago. So, I, I don't know. I, I, think, I think we need to take what he said with a grain of salt and just... Try try to understand that he wants to have a competitive team, but in an NLS that's so loaded, it's just unlikely to happen. Now, they've done the buy-sell before. The year they got Zach Gallen from the Marlins, they traded away Jazz Chisholm. And we all know what Jazz Chisholm has become. He's hurt now, so it makes no difference as to whether or not he would have helped this current team. But Zach Gallen is also one of the top starters in the league right now. So... It's kind of a win-win for both clubs. It'll be talked about until the end of time. But for right now, that one is a win-win. To your point about all that they have in the minor league system, I don't know what the heck they could do to improve this current roster. Right. And they're obviously not going to sell off any of those younger pieces to get a current major league piece. That makes no sense to me. So I think that their best course of action is to, as you mentioned, Peralta, you mentioned Walker. Joe Mantiply is probably yes. going to get the most value that you'll get from any team. And there was reporting from ESPN's Jeff Passan earlier in the week that he said that the reliever market is really dry. And we saw one relief pitcher get moved today. The Cubs traded Chris Martin to the Dodgers. But look, if you have a, if you have a veteran reliever, Particularly one who throws left-handed. Particularly, particularly one who has like a 34 to 2 K to walk ratio. He's struggled a bit since he got the call to the All-Star team, but he's still an All-Star. He's got four years of control after this year, so you're really selling him high if you give up Mantiply. And you know for a fact there is a team that is heading into October that would love to have a stopper left-handed relief pitcher. Yeah, but again, it comes back to what value would you get back? Because I don't think a team is willing to give up. It, but it'll be the highest now than it will ever be for the right. rest of Joe Mantiply's career. Right. That's not a disrespect to Joe, but they made this exact same mistake time over and time over with David Peralta and Robbie Ray. Yep. What do they have for Robbie Ray to speak of it? Cash. And what has Robbie Ray done since? Oh, I don't know. He won the Cy Young last year. He got a five-year deal with Seattle, a team that's about to head into the postseason with the moves they've been making. Like, they've get, they've been getting burned because they keep waiting for the value to get higher. And like a Wall Street bets stockbroker, it all comes crashing down, and then they have to sell off for spare parts. Yeah, and I, so you're looking, yes, you get rid of Manaply. He's he's under contract for a new team, so the value you get you get back though it, it's gotta be minor league players or like a, a bench player from a major league. I just can't mm-hmm. see a team sending that, especially that's vying for October. That's going to send a starting player that's going to benefit your roster. Doesn't so, happen. Yeah, it, it's just 
It's a it's a situation where I don't think the Diamondbacks can really improve their current roster. As much as Hall wants to say they can, I, I think you have to look now at okay, we're we're forty five and fifty four, but the rest of the season, you know, we're not tanking necessarily, but we're looking at what we've got in the minors system. Just just trust that. And then next season try to vie and make a playoff push. But it's just so difficult right now. So here's what they've got coming up. They've got two more against the Braves, one that'll be later today at 420 that you can hear right here on 98.7. They've got the Braves again on Sunday. And then they head to Cleveland. They play the Guardians for three. The Guardians are fighting for a wild card spot. They're not trying to phone it in. So you've basically got three games to figure out what you're going to be. Today, tomorrow, and Monday. Yep. Because the deadline's Tuesday. You've got a three-game window to figure out how or what kind of a team you want to be going forward for the final two months. And frankly, if they decide not to sell, it'll. I think it'll be a huge mistake. It won't be a setback, but it'll be a mistake. Because, to my point earlier about not selling high when they should have sold high, you have to recoup assets for these guys now. Yep. They're never going to be more valuable than they are right now. And you can take advantage of so many teams with that mindset. If they don't sell, it'll be a failure. I would agree. I, I think for sure they need to make a move and they need to sell and they need to try to get something out of some of these players, especially when you have a minor system that is one of the top 10 ranked in all of baseball. Switching back to Cardinals football training camp. It's a time to get answers about your football team. Uh, we've got questions that need to be answered, like uh, what position is Isaiah Simmons going to play? That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports goes local. It's Arizona Sports Saturday, 98.7 FM. Arizona Sports Station. Mitch Vareldis, Zach Larson in for Steve Zinsmeister today. Trevor Henry behind the glass working on his DJ skills so he can... Stop working with us on Saturday, it sounds like, if I had to guess. I need the extra couple of dollars. <laughs> That's why we're all here, right? So, we've got some questions, Zach and I do, about this Arizona Cardinals football team. Training camp, it's probably the best time to get these questions answered because, to put it short, if you're answering these questions in the middle of the season, you got problems. That's number one. So what are the big questions that Zach and I have heading into training camp? Do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, I'll lead off okay. with uh, number one here, which is um, Isaiah Simmons. Yeah, that, that guy. What does he play? What know. is he going to play oh, you know for what? his position? Maybe we should ask Cliff Kingsbury. I think we're still we're still working through it, but uh, we're excited about the role he's in right now. He can do it. I mean, we'll have him rush off the edge. We'll have him pressure. We'll have him uh, play some safety. I mean, we're, we're trying to maximize what he is as a player, and that's a dynamic dynamic athlete then go tackle the football hmm. have I heard that somewhere or something similar to that before with this team I feel like I have are you are you referring to Dion Buchanan Dion Buchanan Dion Buchanan. Buchanan why why on earth would I be thinking of that yeah probably okay oh and then there was uh, Hassan Reddick who they thought would have been much better in the middle as opposed yeah. to his yeah. college position edge Look, I think that this is the one case that's different. But it would be different if Isaiah Simmons was also succeeding in what position they were putting him in. What frustrates me is that this team is so hellbent on 
the flexibility of positions, putting guys where they think they'll be best, rather than just putting them in what they did best in college and why you drafted them that high in the first place. I don't understand why they think it's necessary to just put Isaiah Simmons wherever, rather than just putting him where he's best suited, and then maybe... As a surprise, you can sneak him into different formations. Right. And because, I mean, I think at Clemson, he really did succeed as that versatile guy who could literally play any position on the field and he would succeed. Mm-hmm. Now, at the NFL level, I, in his rookie season, that middle linebacker position, they were really trying to get him to run it. And even though he did have some flashes of success, like if he played against the Seattle Seahawks every game of his career, he would be a Hall of Famer by now. But. He he just didn't look as good as everybody was expecting him to. So in this upcoming season with Zayvon Collins, another young guy who they kind of really need as much help at that position as possible. And Simmons definitely improved from year one to year two. They're hoping that leap to year three is going to be even better for that position. I, I, th- I think... They're just trying to see where they need help right now at each position on that defense and just try to use Simmons so he's able to fill in throughout the season. Well, I just feel like as it stands right now, they need help in a lot of different places. Well, yeah, they that, not? That, that's very accurate, too. Like, we keep talking about how they haven't replaced Chandler Jones off the edge. Yep. The very unfortunate death of Jeff Gladney, a quarterback, cornerback, you still need help there. Yes. And... Behind Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, the safety depth is not great. Like, So is that why they're running Isaiah Simmons with the safeties? I don't know. They've gotten a couple of linebackers. They got Nick Vigil, and then they just recently signed defensive lineman Antoine Woods. So they're shoring up some positions, but it's, I just wish they were more confident in where they want him to play. Right, right. You, just, you, you wish he was just... A linebacker, and that's all he was. Because sure, if he gets that consistency in those reps, he'll he'll continue to improve his game, and he might be one of the best linebackers at that position. Or if you want him to be a nickel safety, make him a nickel safety. Right, I right. don't care. But make him something so you can answer the the holes that are going to be left if he does move from that position. Right. Like, yeah. look, I want you to succeed at something first before you try to do five other things simultaneously. It would be. What's the best example I can give? It's you're trying to finish this big book report, but you also want to work on the citations before the book report's done. It's like focus focus on one thing first. And then when the entire thing's done, go back through, go and edit it, and then work on the meticulous other stuff. Yes. Like the citations are the least important part of the big report. They're important, but they're not the most important part of the report. The report is the report. If you want Isaiah Simmons to be a linebacker, make him be a linebacker. Don't make him be a linebacker while also teaching him about safety, also teaching him at the nickel, also teaching him off the edge. Like, just pick one, please. Let him succeed and then do whatever the heck you want with him, Mm. whatever the heck he wants to do. That's what I would be fine with. Other questions we got. Sticking with defense. It was alluded to by first Cliff Kingsbury when 
he was talking about the linebacking group that they've got this season. Excited to watch that group. Zavin's a guy we, we've been um, excited to see how he progresses this year. We need him to step up. There's no doubt. Bringing in Nick Vigil um, was was big. Played against him last year. He had that pick six against us. So I've been impressed by what he's done. Every time we've asked Tanner to play, he's played at a high level. Same with Joe Walker. Uh, and then Zeke Turner started kind of special teams. Emphasis and has really turned himself into a, a really nice player there. Um, that linebacker as well. And then Isaiah Simmons will have him all over the place, but I expect him to play a big role in defense as well. Mentioned very briefly at the, the beginning that Zabin needs to step up. And last year there was the big offseason story of, oh, we're going to give him the green dot. He's going to call the plays. We're going to piss off Jordan Hicks. So now Cliff Kingsbury this week is Zavin going to call the plays? Uh, we, we have multiple guys that feel like they can do it. You know, that's what's good about having a guy like Buddha, having a guy like JT back there that have been in the system this long. Um, we'll see how that plays out, but uh, I'd say there's four or five guys that we feel comfortable right now calling it. Sorry. I am just now seeing breaking news. Trevor, can you hit the thingy for me when you get a chance? As soon as you can. Arizona Sports. Breaking news. Thank you. The Tampa Bay Rays are acquiring David Peralta in a trade with the Arizona Diamondbacks, according to sources familiar with the situation. That from Robert Murray from wow. Fansided. So there you go. Interesting. The Tampa Bay Rays. So what could they be getting back from Tampa Bay? I don't know. Sorry, there's a fly in here. <laughs> it's driving me nuts. Because think about it. Because Jordan Luflo, actually a former t- Tampa Bay Ray, uh, I know he's a very hot topic here today. Um, that outfield, it, it definitely is going to benefit from a bat with Peralta, a left-handed bat. Oh, 100%. So I, I really want to know what's coming back in that deal, though. Yeah, this will be... So this is, as far as I know, this is the first big trade that the... Diamondbacks have made before the deadline. So so let's stay on this then, because yes. now going it and Trevor, what we're gonna do is we're gonna stick on this next as opposed to what we were planning on next. We'll stick with this for the next segment as well. Okay, so here we go. The Diamondbacks have traded a major league asset. And this is coming off of the heels of Derek Hall saying whatever they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do is gonna help the major league team. So does this help the Major League team, or does this just set them up for the future? Well, what if this move, right, is to finalize the fact that you've got a guy who's been making headlines throughout the farm system recently in Corbin Carroll, and if Mm. he gets promoted, and they're hoping that he will improve the team with his play, so far his outstanding play, maybe that's what he's referring to as, we're going to give some of these younger guys who we feel like are the future that are going to improve the team. Okay, so now we're getting a follow-up report from Joel Sherman. He doesn't have a name, but he says that the Rays gave up a catcher low in the system to get Peralta. Low in the system? Yeah. Well, that just I guess that shows you how valuable Peralta was. See, that doesn't seem in like... In terms of what the other teams saw in him. That, that, that goes back to your point of they really did swing and whiff on Peralta's They waited on way Peralta's too long. Because he, he was a 30-home run hitter four years ago, mm-hmm. and now he's, I think he's just batting a little under 240. I think, just... it, I think that's the saying that Steve kept saying is that he has more strikeouts than walks this year, oh. and he's never had more strikeouts than walks. 
Well, I guess or, that... No, no, no. It was more strikeouts than hits. Oh, I, oh, yeah. That's even worse. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, that's, again, that's the value you get with a, with a guy, an outfielder who, again, he kind of was getting pushed out of the way for these younger guys with Alec Thomas and Dalton Varsho, who can also play catcher, but he definitely, I think he prefers to be in the outfield. And, yeah, it was just, it was, time was coming for Peralta. And unfortunately, the Diamondbacks are saying goodbye to one of their longest tenured players yeah. on the active roster. Okay, so we'll hit this because Jeff Passan's got a name, and then we'll go to break, and then we'll come right back to this. So he says, catcher Christian Serda, C E R D A. Christian Serta. He's a catcher in the Rays system. Again, if you're just tuning in, the Tampa Bay Rays have acquired David Peralta from the D-backs and the return is catcher Christian Serta. Okay. So first big move. So how many more are left for the Diamondbacks ahead of the deadline? That's next on Arizona Sports Saturday. 98.7 FM Arizona's Sports Station. Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Veraldis and Zach Larson filling in for Steve Zinsmeister, closing out another great edition of Arizona Sports Saturday. Um, and we got hit with breaking news towards the end of our previous segment. So we wanted to stay on it. So if you're just tuning in, just hearing about this news, Diamondbacks made a trade. David Peralta has been sent to the Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for catcher Christian Serta. So again, David Peralta now traded by the Diamondbacks to the Tampa Bay Rays, and the return is catcher Christian Serta. So just, this is the end of the David Peralta tenure here in the Valley. Yeah, and you know what? Again, David Peralta, I think forever, he's going to be a Diamondback. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he overcame so much, especially during his younger years in the minor system, going from playing pitcher yeah. to all the way to becoming an outfielder. And again, he had a terrific season where he hit 33 home runs right. in 2018. Really was just a fan favorite. Everybody who saw his, he had one of the best smiles, I think, in the game as well. So it's sad to see all to go and it's it's especially sad to see that the return so far it it, it doesn't look like it's a lot for a current this roster doesn't feel promising no it doesn't it, it feels let down especially after we heard Derek Hall's comments earlier in the show today about how they're trying to improve the current roster by going and getting in a 19 year old catcher an international prospect who hasn't even made it past the rookie level yeah he's 19 years old as you mentioned not even past rookie level yet he signed with the Rays in 2019 an international free agent and this season he's been working with the rookie team in Florida so as Joel Sherman had mentioned it was a catcher low in the system I mean really this is just a matter of like how do we feel now that David Peralta's gone yeah because this this return is very minimal it, it, it is and I, I think with Peralta I mean he was he was at the end of his his career here in Arizona I think everybody kind of last season was like all right Peralta I think the White Sox were a big contender for Peralta that was the name associated with him and they're like oh it's gonna happen and he didn't get traded he just hasn't been performing the way that he used to where he would hit close to 270 290 mm-hmm. in, in his prime so again it's it it sucks 
for the fans because he is he's the name I think everybody knew on this roster for the past 10 years pretty much he was one of the likely names to be moved um He'd also been talked about in rumors, as you said, for years now, and this is going back to my diminishing returns thing. I'll say this. I'm going to be sad now that Peralta's gone, but I'm glad that they traded him and didn't let him just walk in free agency because, in all honesty, I don't think the Diamondbacks were – if I had to guess, this is not a report. I don't have sources. I'm just some dude with a microphone in front of my face. I don't think that they were going to re-sign him in the offseason. I don't think they were either. Based based off of everything that we've been talking about, about what this outfield is going to look like, this seemed like the end of the line for Peralta. So I'm glad they got recouped for it. And hopefully this catcher with Christian Serta, hopefully he's going to be the guy that can kind of come in. Because I know Carson Kelly was kind of picked up as the future for the catcher position after trading him for Paul Goldschmidt. Mm Mm-hmm. And so far, it's not looking good. So if Serta can continue to grow, I, I mean, again, he's at the rookie level right now, so we can't say that, oh, he's definitely one of the top prospects in the system. But mm-hmm. if he can grow and he can become a potential platoon catcher for this team in the future years, it's just, it, it, again, it doesn't help the current roster. It doesn't improve it. So we just got a note from Gambo, John Gambadoro. D-backs don't have much depth at catcher and says they tried to sign Serta back in 2019 when he agreed to deal with Tampa as a free agent. So I guess the D-backs are very well aware of who they're getting back. So, yeah, so they've so they've had their eyes on him. But again, if, if the Rays only see him after three years at the rookie level... Mm-hmm. Like, what is the expectation supposed to be for the Diamondbacks when he's finally ready to play? Exactly. It, it's it's just it's it's a trade. It, it feels it feels very unfulfilling to give away such a, such an iconic player on the the Diamondbacks as of now for for that. It, it, it's it's a it's a I weird mean, feeling. Yeah, but I, we talked about this enough. Like this is this is what happens when Peralta is performing at the level that he is, and. This will sometimes happen with veterans. Sometimes you just need a change of scenery to get back into good playing form and playing shape and all that stuff. So I I wish the best for David Peralta. Oh, for sure. He's now playing for a contender. Yes. Hope they get back into the postseason because it's a tough fight in the American League East. And you know what? Go win a ring. That would be good for uh, Tampa, that, too. That, Tampa hasn't won a ring yet. So Well, yeah, and it wouldn't be the Yankees. So, so now the question is... That's domino number one. Yes. Let's speculate then for these final couple of minutes. Who do you think is next? I I think a name that we didn't talk about, but I think a name that really is being favored, even though his road splits compared to how he plays at Chase Field, it's just like so much worse. I think Madison Bumgarner is potentially okay. a name we see get moved. How much contract do you think that the Diamondbacks are going to have to eat? I would not be surprised if they're hesitant to eat a lot of it, but I, I, I don't know an exact number, but I, I don't think they're going to want... I think they're going to give up Madison Bumgarner, and they're going to say, look, you got you got to take the contract. We, we can't pay for this. So how about this? Let's look at this optimistically then, because there have been some drastic improvements in Bumgarner's game since signing with the Diamondbacks. Now, granted... You know, he was a great pitcher before he came here. Right. First two years weren't great. This year started off kind of like the first start was a plateau. 
first starts are always like that. Yes. But then, you know, for the first month or so, his ERA was below one and a half, I believe. Then he started to teeter a bit, but then he had the eight inning performance against the Nationals. By far his best pitching outing as a D-back other than the seven inning no-hitter. Yeah. And then he goes to Atlanta and he gets beat around for six innings. Like I don't, I don't know what to think, and I don't know what kind of value he can bring. He can definitely bring value. He he can, but it's, the amount of money on the back end of his contract is what's hurting them right now. It's just going to be how much do they value his postseason experience, mm-hmm. being a three-time champion and being the guy in 2014 that absolutely dominated in that World Series against the the Royals. So. I could still see him going away, and I could still see a team willing to eat up that contract. But again, it's just what else are the Diamondbacks going to get in return? I'll emphasize again: like the higher the value on Joe Mantiply has never been higher. Right. And if the reliever market is dry, go give that some water. Yep. Go give that some life. They need it. I think other names to watch as we head in will be Ian Kennedy. Teams love veteran relievers, yep. and then Zach Davies has been talked about a bunch as well. But we will see. Trade deadline is just a few days away, August 2nd. Diamondbacks will be back in action today, 421st pitch. You can catch right here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Thanks so much for filling in, Zach. Really appreciate it. Hope you had fun today. I, I did. I had a blast. Good to hear. Trevor Henry behind the glass. I'm Mitch Veraldis. We'll be at Cardinals training camp next week right here on Arizona Sports Saturday.